Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Canda Connects. Now, as some of you may know, I was uh, sidelined for the last month or two. Uh, I'm sure you can probably guess why in this uh, in this world, but um, my colleague, Will Aldred, was uh, very kind to step into my presenting shoes for this uh, this episode. And, and he was speaking to the amazing Lynn Makinson-Walsh, who is head of people at Ink & Co. Um, those guys over at Ink & Co are doing some amazing, innovative and award-winning work with in the digital media space. Enjoy the podcast. Okay, guys, welcome back to Canda Connects. So as I've just said, we've got a fantastic guest on the show today. Really keen to, to get her insight and, and find out a little bit about her history and, and what she's working on at the moment at Ink & Co. So welcome, Lynn. Welcome to the show. Hi, good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, not a problem. Really excited to, to hear from you today. Um, so obviously we've had a little chat off air and, you know, we're, we're very keen to to kind of touch upon what you guys are doing now at Inconco and the future you've got there and, and how you've built such a successful company and and what goes into building successful, such a successful HR team as well. Um, which again, that's the point we'll, we'll, we'll touch on and maybe not call it HR, but we'll get to that. Um, but I guess to start with, I'd love to just kind of go back to where it all started for you. Um, so obviously you did a, quite a lengthy stint at a, a well-known bank um, and then moved your way forward. Do you want to take it from there? And even before, if you'd like, and tell us a little bit before then. But yeah, take the floor and, and let us know how you got to where you are today. Okay, well, I don't think I'll quite go back to my childhood, but... Um... <laughs> I will start by saying that uh, I left school at 18 after my own levels. Uh, I very much wanted to stand on my own two feet and yeah. to do something for myself rather than go on to further study. And that's even though I was quite an academic person. Um, and I think that that's something that stays with me when we're hiring nowadays because yeah. uh, degree education isn't necessarily the first thing I look for at all on a CV. But I'm sure we'll come back to more of that. Yeah, concept. definitely. We'll touch on that. Um, so I joined one of the major banks and uh, I stayed with them for 33 years, although uh, doing very different jobs as I progressed um, yeah. up, I suppose. Uh, I was never part of a, a, well, we would have called them personnel teams all that time ago. And I'm not yeah. even sure we'd use the word team. It would have just been personnel. <laughs> the word would appear into everybody who heard it. Um, I, I was more in leadership and management roles. So I had a sales team and some yeah. sales managers and uh, I was responsible for compliance and all sorts of things um, by the time I left the bank. Uh, and I loved it because of the people that I worked with. Yeah. Um, despite, um, in spite of, I suppose, all the regulation and things like that, because even though that's really important, it can sometimes dictate how you do things. There was no space for creativity in such a, massive corporate organization yes, quite rigid, as such. yeah quite rigid really yeah. uh, and part of that is great because it gives you certainty and structure and something yeah. to work through so sometimes people get anxious with being able to do what they want you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the downside of that was it was simple things like if you wanted to turn the heating up or down, you had to ring some office i think it was in birmingham and then normally oh, really? they would, no you couldn't so that's how regimented it could be know. I didn't realise that, yeah. So so obviously quite a lengthy stint as well there. Um, you know, not many people these days do that kind of 
time out of company. What was that like? Kind of, did you see it change quite a lot, or was it more or less the same from start to finish? Really, it changed loads. Uh, when I joined the bank, um, it was all about um, service, and you, you know, you had an entry in the morning, and by the time you went at five o'clock, yeah was empty and if it wasn't empty he stayed till it was by yeah. the time I left there was no way on earth that anyone would ever have such a concept as a as, as an empty in tray and <laughs> both computers and technology transformed the way that we worked yeah uh, and that was all for the better but the sheer volume of work that would come through was incredible yeah uh, I guess also there wasn't much uh, difference between uh, being in and out of work so my blackberry at the time as it was um you know, that little red light dictated your life really yeah, you had the yeah. red light in the corner flashing at you then you knew you had something to do and, and i suppose that resonates still today with us doesn't it that there's yeah, uh, and especially now that we're working uh, predominantly remotely in, in businesses where we can where you know that defining the difference between work life and home life is really important ever more so yeah, massively now more than ever. So, I mean, I'm just keen to, to touch upon your, your time at the bank. Obviously, huge bank, global success. Um, I guess one thing I want to kind of find out from you, and I want a drawback's probably a strong word, but what was kind of the one restraint and kind of what really did you find it kind of prevented you from doing what you wanted to do at the bank with it being so rigid? Like, how, how have you kind of, have you used that as well to kind of adapt what you do now at Ink & Co? Is that kind of a big part of what makes you so successful as a HR team or a people team, you know, to, have you taken your experiences there and kind of really flipped it on its head in any way? Um, yes. <laughs> yes, and no, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that um, some of the, I, th I think there's just such an appreciation uh, mm -hmm. in a business like Ink & Co for people coming forward with ideas and I don't want to speak in a negative way about the bank really because it teaches you a lot and it gave me the skill set that I've got to yeah. you know and I can forward in digital I suppose but um, certainly in Ink we're, we're very keen to listen to the ideas from the team uh, we're very responsive I hope uh, quite a flat hierarchy uh, yeah. in the bank sometimes if you wanted to change something you didn't know who to ask yeah. You didn't even know the right route to go. And if you needed to put something through legal, you might as well forget about it because, and, and I get it, it's such a big organisation that you can't just, um, you know, go, go with the idea of one person sat at a desk in uh, Lancaster or, yeah, yeah. or Lincoln or Liverpool, all those places that, that I worked. Um, it was always actually a goal of mine to work in Manchester and throughout 33 years with the bank, I never did. Wow. Um, yeah, I was everywhere, but um, so yeah, and yet with, with uh, working with uh, our group CEO Jack, yeah. um, the furthest I got in the bank, for example, was uh, I went and spent a week in Edinburgh and a couple of weeks in London, both both of which I really enjoyed. And obviously, you know, I had a long commute every day wherever I was going, if it was yeah. Liverpool, Lincoln, and Lancaster. Um, but uh, with Inc, I've, um, I've done some work with, I went to the Houses of Parliament and spoke to a group of MPs and interested business leaders about the impact that Brexit was having on us as a business from a yeah. skills perspective. 
Uh, I've spent, I do a lot of work with it or have done historically a lot of work with Greater Manchester Chamber of Commerce, which is an amazing organisation. Yeah. Uh, with them, I did some work on apprenticeships and went to um, Spain and also to Austria uh, to do some comparative work on their apprenticeship systems. So it's amazing what you can achieve within uh, a small business. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and the, I mean, my key driver is to try and make a difference with what I do. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. our individual people and for the business uh, and for the wider community and mm. I've definitely been able to explore those areas with Inc and Co in a way that wasn't always possible with the bank even though for example uh, charity wise the bank always did a lot but it wasn't necessarily you didn't feel hands on yeah, he didn't feel as hands-on because there was always somebody else who had a big say in what was going on. Whereas with Inc, I'm given the freedom, a lot more freedom um, to act in the best interest of the business and of the individuals. But like I say, we love to give back to Manchester where we can do. Yeah, yeah. So we'll obviously talk about Inc and Co now in a, in a lot more detail and kind of what you guys are doing there and, and the achievements you've and the awards you've won and, and, and how you've built a really successful team. Um, but talk me through kind of that initial period. So you, you joined in Kinko, is it like a year and a half ago now, roughly? Two years ago? Yeah, yeah. I've worked with Jack for about six years now, but right. in Kinko, uh, since its inception, really. Yeah. yeah. And how did that come about then? Was it just you and Jack originally and, and, and another co-founder or it kind of how big was the team on that kind of day one? Uh, day one for Ink and Co, I think there were eight. Okay. Uh, so um, Jack uh, and his co-founders, uh, me and a couple of other people. So yeah, we were pretty small when we started working together and well, Inc and Co, Co has grown really, really fast. Yeah. And with the companies that we've acquired and so on, I think the last count about 100 and 185. So not much shy of 200 people. Wow. So that's a huge change in a small of time. Yeah, did um, you always have that 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 goal? Like from day one, did you always say this? This is we want to grow rapidly. We want to grow like this quickly. Or did you kind of did it take you by surprise and kind of you went with it and and just adapted as you went, or a little bit of both? Um, a little bit of both because yeah. um, the, the business as a, a group, as a collective, we provide the finance, people, functions. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, sort of top level advice really for the companies within the group. And those companies uh, um, initially were all digital now, not as much. Uh, we've got Laundrap, which um, it provides a service whereby you, somebody comes and picks up your laundry for you and brings it back all nice yeah. and clean and uh, ironed and so on. Um, and there are different businesses within the group now. Um, I think there's been there's both a challenge and an opportunity that's come with the pandemic pandemic yeah. um, because the, there are some of the businesses that we've acquired not all of them but some of them have been in in some distress yeah uh, and others healthy but have wanted to take advantage of the uh, expertise that's on offer and I think that's come from Jack, Jack's own experience and his background as an entrepreneur in a small business yeah. and recognizing that you get point where you don't always have the expertise in every single area you want to be able to flourish in what you're good at and for someone else to support you in doing the rest okay yeah. so that that's where the inspiration for Ink and Co came from 
Yeah, um, and then you mentioned there some companies aren't as in healthy, let's just say, as healthy as, as others. Um, so let's obviously start with the kind of the healthy side of things. When you when you do incorporate and, and merge with a company and kind of take that under your umbrella, what kind of challenges as a as a people professional do you do you struggle with? What kind of challenges do you come across? Um, with every company that you take on, um, they, they, they will have an existing team that is feeling very unsettled by what's happening yeah. because people are understandably concerned. You know, it's one of those basic hierarchy of needs things, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah. people want to know that they're safe and secure from a financial perspective. And, you know, sometimes you hear it said a lot, don't you better the devil you know? And yeah. if we're going in and, and uh, as a new company, people don't know us. Uh, and it's an unsettling time for them. And that's irrespective of whether the company's in distress, even more so if the company's been in distress, yeah. because there may have been promises made, there may have been uh, redundancies, there may have been, you know, ju just various issues that have, no, have, have been quite challenging for, for those people. Uh, and just because we come riding in as Inc and Co doesn't mean that those challenges go away yeah. straight away. And that's been one of our massive learns. And we adapt to what we do every time to make sure that we're as empathetic as possible to what's happening within those teams and to try and communicate as quickly as we can. Some of these acquisitions happen really, really quickly. Yeah. So there's the opportunity to do some due diligence, but really we only know what we're dealing with when we're actually in that situation. Well, and, and you mentioned there like the, the ability to adapt um, and 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 kind of evolve depending on the situation. Do you reckon that's the single most important thing you've kind of you do as a your, one of your skills as a as a talent professional as as a people professional to to kind of adapt to the situation to every situation to every situation really? Or do you reckon there's there's another reason? For that and, and is, there, is there other points you do as a, as a business which really help you kind of deal with these situations? I think um, we've learned that to get a hold of put our arms around the people as soon as possible is, is really important and the, the challenge is that when, when an acquisition happens the, typically the, the, man, the senior management team will know that it's happening and for very good reasons the rest of the team don't know until it's pretty much a fait accompli. Yeah. But that, 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 that sometimes means that people think that there's a lack of transparency, uh, but you can, you, can, you, know, you can only be transparent once everything's happened, you know, because yeah. until and it maybe it won't. Um, and I think there's no 100% effective way of doing that, uh, but we just try and hone it every time it happens and make sure that we communicate as openly, as honestly, and as transparently as we can. We tend to listen a lot in the first few weeks before we take any um, drastic action. Um, we're in a pandemic, as we all know, and lockdown too. So that, that gives us more opportunities to look at some businesses yeah. and help them. Yeah. But it also means that then that there's quite a lot of... Um, you know, because you have these things called 2P transfers where when staff come across to you that, you know, you have to uh, and you would want to anyway consult with them and make sure that they understand what's changing and what's not changing, that there's continuity 
uh, that length of service isn't impacted, all those kinds of things, who, who they're going to be reporting to, what's going to change straight away, what may change down the line. Um, and that process is, is really tough for everybody, actually, because some of the things I can't answer if someone said, well, will we all definitely have a job? You can't always say yes. Yeah. No. You can say, oh, we're going to, you know, we've, when you buy a business, it's because of the people and their talent, isn't it? You know, because yeah. without that, you've got nothing. Yeah. And I said that from your times at, time at the bank as well, people, what you really kind of, what kept you there and what, what, what obviously you really enjoyed about your time there. And I think you, you can tell that that's a big part of what you do now as well. Like people are so important to, to businesses and, and quite like you quite rightly just said, um, you know, they're the reason the business either was successful previously um, and why you kind of want to keep them, them guys on. But I mean, how, how do you, approach it where people have their their own ways of doing things and that's why they've done it for for x amount of years they've been successful in that and then as a business you're that doesn't meet with what your focus is how have you adapted as a team to, to kind of work around that and kind of incorporate them in and make them feel wanted to want to stay in that business and that their ideas aren't being dismissed is, is that been a really poignant and difficult thing for you guys to to deal with and how do you go about it it varies from business to business and depending on when, when we go in, you know, when, when we welcome another business into the group, mm. um, it's all about listening initially. And we've got, you know, expert people in marketing, in sales, in finance and on the people side of things to really help get under the skin of that business. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we haven't always got it right 100% of the time. Um, but then it's about holding our hands up and um, next time honing the process so it's better. Yeah. I think it is about really listening, you know, um, and you said about making people feel that, you know, that they're part of the process. People need to know they are definitely a part of the process. It's not about making them, you know, sometimes people say, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not picking on you, Will. It's just one of my pet things. You know, when people say to you, oh, well, they've got to feel important. Yeah. They don't have to feel important. They need to know they are important. There's a slight, there's a difference, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, no, I like that, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. So, that, so that's one of, one of the things. I think then it's just about getting the right people together to discuss together what the right way forward is and not impose it and you know although sometimes we've come in and there is a need to make some quite drastic changes mm. they will not work if not everybody's on board with it yeah yeah so and i guess that i was just gonna say sorry that i guess that's part of the reason um you have been successful and why as a team you've you've won a recent award you know as hr team of the year um, so, I mean, I just want to touch on that briefly. Talk, talk to me about that. Like, how, how amazing is that for, for you and the team? And, and did it come as a shock or was it something you kind of, you knew, oh, we've got a good chance here of <laughs> potentially winning? Well, I mean, we're up against some terrific other companies. And, and yeah. you know, we're, we're, I hope, I really hope uh, that we're quite a humble team in that way. Mm. Uh, I mean, we work hard. Uh, I mean, when we first started with eight of us, uh, there was just me. So I did the hiring, I did uh, yeah. all the, you know, record keeping, I did all the uh, people development and all, all, all of it. I just did all of it. Wow. Uh, and now there's a team of five of us 
Yeah. Um, and I have a, a great talent manager, James. He's yeah. he's fabulous um, at engaging with candidates and you know helping them understand what life at Inc is like or in whichever of the companies it might happen to be. Yeah. and making sure he gets the right person that the head of that business wants to bring in. Um, so that's a very inclusive process. Um, Laura and Hannah, they, they, uh, Laura's a proper HR specialist, whereas yeah. I would say that I'm a generalist. Yeah, okay. Uh, because of my background and, and you learn a lot as you go along. Um, and um, Sue um, has come to us with our, one of our latest acquisitions, which is a uh, three companies ba based in Bath and the Bath and Bristol area. Yeah. Um, so uh, the beauty of the team is that uh, they they can they know because uh, you know a couple of them are based in London as well. So you know that the, the sort of on the ground where that local team is based. Yeah. But they've also a bigger role within the collective within the group, uh, so they can deal with anybody. And you know, it's like uh, people team assemble. Really, we've all got our superpowers. And yeah, we know what they yeah, are. So. Like you're all set off in, in kind of your, your sectors, and obviously, you know, just just touching on what James does there, it, it sounds like he has a, a huge role in the in the development process and and how he. I mean, I know you guys. We, we spoke. You do a lot of your recruitment internally, and James controls a lot of that. How how have you found? when people or companies you've acquired have used recruitment agencies, for example, how have you kind of said, listen, we, this is not how we do things. This is part of our company. How have you kind of moved them away from that? And you said it's very inclusive to the owners and the people there at the, at the, at the, the company you've just acquired. How have the, you kind of dealt with that situation? How has James kind of moved with that as well, I guess? Yeah, it, it's, it's been really important for him to get really close to that business and really understand the nuts and bolts of what they do. Yeah. But when he's recruiting for somebody he knows from a developer you know he knows which languages or which frameworks will be the yeah. best for that company or he can recognize a spark in somebody that means that they would be passionate about working in the not-for-profit sector in one of our other agencies that deals with charities yeah. all the time um but the thing i mean that's i mean i've not answered your question before about the award so we'll, oh, yeah, yeah we'll go back sorry yeah but um yeah, I, th I think he's really good by asking just a few questions at getting under the skin of what, what's really required and for matching people with that. And I think even though we want each business to maintain its own culture and identity, yeah, you know, there's no way that we're going to take somebody on who uh, doesn't share a passion for what they do. Because so that's, that's what keeps them there. That's what keeps people in your business at the end of the day. So, yeah, I know completely agree that's that's massively important and James is doing a, a fantastic job kind of managing that isn't he and, and taking that that area forward I'm sure all the other guys are doing their jobs fantastically as well which is why you're so successful um which brings me back to the <laughs> HR team of the year so yeah to, to carry on with with that sorry uh, uh, yeah. so, uh I was I was thrilled actually that a submission went in for that which, which didn't come from uh, from the people team it came from elsewhere in the business and we were delighted to be finalists and then absolutely over the moon to win yeah. so I have to say that we would be winning the year where there's no posh frock there's no <laughs> yeah. it's not great it's not great timing for you is it you couldn't even go out and, and celebrate really 
yeah, yeah, which is very much another thing to do as well. So, um, yeah. I mean, one of, one of my team of five, I haven't even met her face to face because of lockdown. Yeah. I think, um, you know, one of the things in the submission that I was delighted about was that an observation had been made that the, uh, the people team is what holds in Code. And I guess between us all, we know everybody because we've, we've we've onboarded them, we've brought them in, we've talked to them during the acquisition process about how they feel about that, any challenges that they feel they're all, what they're happy about. Um, so it's nice seeing us that glue. Yeah. So it's a long way away from the old personnel days when I joined the <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the kind of feedback. That, I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? To to, to have that from someone in, from in the business, the team as well. Um, you couldn't literally ask for better feedback than that, really, could you? No, I was thrilled to bits with that, and that's what meant a lot. And then when we found out that we'd won, because it was all a virtual ceremony, as I say, mm. to then get all the messages that we got from the team to say, oh, well deserved, and thank you for what you do, and all those. Yeah. You know, the little slack emoji things all flying yeah, yeah. all over the place was really nice. Uh, but going back to uh, what was said about, you know, personnel versus HR versus people. Mm. Uh, I mean, personnel is a very old fashioned term. Um, human resources, I don't actually like either. Uh, human resources makes it sound like you've got so many resources in a box and then you sort of take them out and use them and then you're done. And uh, we prefer, we call it the people team, because even though we deal with those kinds of issues. <laughs> yeah. uh, partly because we want to focus just as much on uh, professional development, which in our space is really important that our, our people know that they're going to get that. Um, and in developer world, particularly, uh, and the creative space generally, um, it's very important to those people that they come and they can feel that when they do eventually go on their journey somewhere else, that you know they've been professionally developed, that they feel like they've grown as a person while they've been part of the group. Yeah. Um, and it's always challenging, you know, um, you know, so it's character building <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the marketplace generally, I guess. Um, so yeah, people team, because people are not a finite resource. People yeah. are unlimited in their potential. So true. Uh, it's not about numbers, it's about individuals. Yeah. And I think that those things are really important to all of the leadership team in it. Yeah, no, and I think you, you mentioned there like about the team uh, coming back to you and saying, you know, it, it's amazing, you guys deserve it. I think Jack actually was the reason we got in touch and spoke with you in the, in the first place. I messaged Jack, oh, you should definitely speak to Lynn. It's amazing what them guys are doing there in the HR team. And it, it's just, it's literally from the top to the bottom of the business. The whole company culture is about celebration and, and celebrating each other and not just like person you mentioned there like personal development is obviously massive in the business but you're actually moving forward as a team as well which is which is fantastic isn't it amazing and i think that's why you've been so successful as well yeah i mean it's um thank you i mean it's it's really interesting because you know, when there were eight of us, obviously I knew what was going on in everybody's lives. I knew, you know, what the pets were called. I knew, what, you know, if they were moving house or, you know, something important was going on with them. And with 100 and odd, nearly 200, that's a bit more challenging. But luckily the team has grown a lot. The people team, yeah. uh, and Erica have allowed that to grow as the bigger team has grown. So it's not a tick box function at all. Yeah. Um, 
really important, I think. Massive. Um, yeah, so obviously um, people development and kind of the team moving forward is huge, but I guess tell me what the future is then for, for Ink & Co. Where do you see it going in in the next five years, say, and, and kind of how big do you reckon as a team you can continue to scale if you've got any kind of idea on that at all? Yeah, I mean, that that's probably more of a question for Jack than it is for me or for Erica or Group MD. Yeah. Um, and I think some of it depends on what opportunities come up for businesses yeah. who want to, you know, be part of the dream, if you like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get a lot of feedback that it's a really interesting model comp compared to the usual agent, standalone agency model. Uh, and that does attract people to us. But it's, I don't believe that the aim is to be as big as we can. It, it, it it needs to be right for everybody and it needs to still feel like that kind of extended family with shared values and shared shared dreams really yeah and do you think that's what attracts people to the ink and co kind of way of working do you reckon it's it's the fact that you are such a you can tell by speaking with you you know it's about people it's about being a family do you reckon that's what's so important to attracting other companies into and people wanting to be part of that yeah, yes, I do. We've got a lot of expertise within the business as well. But mm. I think that I always say to people that we're an extended family, not a cult, you know. <laughs> um, so, uh, and also, I think that we, we recognise that, um, you know, people have different reasons for wanting to be part of it. It's not one particular reason. I think it's several that, that, that uh, appeal to people. Some of them uh, are drawn to Jack's own personal experience and what he's learned from that, because yeah. you know um, that's important to some people. Um, how to deal with people issues is really—it's uh, yeah. funny because that—that's what the me and the team do every day. But to some uh, entrepreneurs, they find that really scary. Yeah, uh, don't really know what they can do, what they can't do, what um, you know, how to broach particular subjects with people. Yeah, uh, business and develop a business. They don't. They, they have. They've got a product, or, or if they're in the tech world, for example, they have a product. This is what they want to grow and scale and, and sell and, and really promote the back end. So that kind of I've never thought about that before, and that's where people like yourself come in, who can really kind of you know take that forward and, and take that kind of weight off their shoulders, I guess. Yeah, or it might be the finance side of it, you know, which can work fine if you're, you know, you just, uh, you're freelancing and you're, you know, you're just doing that. But once it gets bigger, your passion still lies within what you set the business up to do. It doesn't necessarily um, focus on uh, collecting payment of bills or invoicing or, or how to, how to document something that's happened with, with somebody on your team, you know, and, and, you know that that's why the group exists is to support with those things and let people do what they do best yeah and and just i want to touch upon you we've mentioned it a few times the pandemic and, and obviously the lockdown how has that affected ink and co first of all i guess how has that has that affected you in in in, in any way has there been a huge effect of that because obviously a lot of companies have, have struggled during during the last few months uh, it's made it's made life really interesting um i mean you know, it'd be so much easier for me to be in the office every day mm. and to be able to just pick up on those conversations that you're not invited to the Zoom call, but yeah. you could actually give some valuable input if you were sat in the same room. 
Yeah. Um, so those type of things um, have made life interesting. Maintaining, we've hired, uh, quite, I can't give you a number, but we've hired quite a few people during this lockdown period. Yeah. Some of them at a senior level, and even though I meet them on Zoom calls, I've never met them face to face. Business-wise, for, for some of the different businesses, it's had more of an impact than others. Um, so for example, in the lawn, in the laundrap business, which is a brilliant business model, yeah. you know, if people are working from home, they're not necessarily going to send off five white shirts for laundry each week, but we find different yeah. ways of overcoming that and different, uh, you know, it, it's made us really focus on what we can do. And that's what we try to do, focus on what we can do and what other ideas can be brought to the table where rather than just sat there and bemoan what we can't do, because yeah. that's not going to and, and how have you found, firstly, I suppose there's two, two things that you, you mentioned earlier that it's really important for you guys to always meet these people and kind of bring them into the company when you acquire a new company. Um, how has that, how has it affected things with regards to that? Has it been a, a huge shift? Have you found it still very effective having Zoom calls and, and, and meeting virtually or are you really, can you not wait basically to get back into, into meeting people in person? And, can't wait actually. Uh, both Bath and Bristol are two of my favourite cities and I can't go and see people from those companies that we acquired. We went down to London when we acquired the laundrap business, that was great. And then lockdown happened sh very shortly after that. Yeah. I don't think anything completely replaces the face-to-face, -face, even though for some members of the team who are perhaps um, less outgoing, that they find it quite a challenge to see themselves on a Zoom call even. So. Um, you know, everyone's different, aren't they? And we try and cater for that as best that we can throughout the group. Um, yeah. There's no doubt we can't wait for the end of this because it is challenging. Um, yeah. It is a challenging environment for every business. Yeah, definitely. And, and you mentioned that, you mentioned earlier, you took on, I think you said around 20 people during, during lockdown. How's the onboarding process been for, for these guys? Have, have, have you come up with a whole new approach for that as well? Because it's obviously unprecedented. Not We've never really had to had to deal with this kind of situation. How, how did you, you adapt to that really? Yeah, I can't remember the number actually of how many we've taken on, but um, just trying to uh, have less formal conversations as well as the, you yeah. know, the ones, oh, this, is, this is where your kit will be delivered to and all those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. It's things like even, you know, the health and safety type assessments for people working at home, that has to be done in a different way. Uh, and we try not to get, you know, uh, bound up with um, things like that, but they still need to be doing because we need to look after our people and that is part of that. Might not be the sexiest part of it, but it's definitely mm -hmm. a part of it. Um, so yeah, we've had to adapt some of the processes, but uh, James is a very engaging guy. Uh, yeah. Everyone in the company recognises that it's quite tough to come into a new business right. and not be there face to face from day one. So. Um, yeah, we just make that extra effort and we have things like, I think we had a Halloween film showing at lunchtime nice. uh, and uh, there was, a, there was a, a, a competition, I think. Yeah, there was a fancy yeah. dress competition on Halloween um, and just try and do a few more fun things. So yeah, that everyone bring everyone in. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Sorry, Will, it's also a welcome pack that goes out to everyone that joins us with oh, nice pieces in. So yeah. hopefully people understand that they're welcome. And that yeah, they're from really day one. No, that's really good, that. I mean, that's really important to, 
and that's what we found anyway in the market that it's so important now probably now more than ever to to kind of really welcome people into the team and make sure you know they do feel you know at home from from day one um yeah. because it's so easy now for for people to feel distant not part of the actual team and therefore not stay and move on to, to other places in, in relatively short periods so yeah no I, I think that's that's a really good thing you're doing there and, and giving them them welcome parts making them feel at home doing the the, the online events and that's all all really important um one one thing I do get from from talking to you and I think I might have said it already in during this actual this actual podcast but I think it's it's so amazing how you can just tell like the biggest thing about you guys and what you do is, is being a team and being a family. And I know we've, we've touched on it, but from onboarding to sending the welcome packs to, to, to obviously acquiring companies, making sure everyone is important, not feels important. I remember that one. And, and kind of, I just think it's, it's amazing. And I think that's part of the reason you guys as a people team, you guys as a winning awards, you guys as a company, you know, are growing. I think that's why you've been so successful. Um, and I think for companies out there, what would you say if, if anyone kind of is, is what, what advice would you give to, to people in a people team um, or a HR team as people may call it, you know, they, they may have different stances, but what, would, what one piece of advice would you give them guys now to say, this is what I'd really recommend doing, you know, to, to help you grow? So something that we continue to work on really, um, which is the pace of communication and transparency around that mm. is really yeah. important. Making yeah. sure that everyone is included, that everyone knows, you know, uh, what we're trying to do and how we're going to do it and that they are valued as an individual. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's a big ask to do when, when, um, when you've got new businesses coming on board because of the speed of it, as I was saying before, but, you know, it's something that we strive to do. Uh, yeah. and to improve and learn from what we've done before and do it even better next time. Yeah, and I think that's amazing that the const constantly learn and constantly evolve your processes and, and stay relevant. And, and obviously that's why, you know, HR Team of the Year, there we go. Um, the guys at Inc & Co are, are doing some really good things. So, no, listen, Lynn, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on. And I think, you know, the insight you've provided for, for, for teams out there, who are, you know, who may be part of a business who want to grow, um, who who may be part of a business who who want to really make their the people there feel wanted. Um, and I think to, to get the insight from someone like yourself who's who's worked at a large corporation and worked at a large bank and then moved to to the startup and then grown with that startup is is amazing. And I think it, it should provide some really good insight for people out there. Oh, thank you so much. Really appreciate you saying that. No, thank you so much for coming on. And, and, and one thing I do want to mention as well, guys, is um, Jack, we've mentioned him a few times. Um, hopefully in the coming month or, or year, we'll have uh, Jack on, the, on one of the shows as well to, to get his take on things and, and how he's um, looking to grow Ink & Co and the future for, for the company. Um, so please do listen to that one as well. But yeah, Lynn, absolutely amazing having you on. Thank you again. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on in a few years when Ink and Co are maybe a, a, a thousand people. You never know. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. No problem. All right. Cheers, guys.